Hello and welcome to The Accepted Podcast, a college admissions podcast for the savvy student. My name is Tyler Kusunoki. I am an admissions consultant working out of Tokyo. And first of all, wanted to wish everyone a very, very happy Thanksgiving, if that is something that you celebrate, and uh, that this was a good time to gather and be with family and friends and eat a lot of good food. Uh, however, if you are a senior, I also hope that this was a time where you managed to get your UC applications finished and sent out safely. If not, good luck. Uh, there, Make sure you fill out that activity list well and uh, get those applications sent out. And once those do happen, congratulations. You're kind of over the first few big humps of the college application process. And now it's regular decision and some waiting. Uh, in a couple of weeks, all of you will start, to, will start to hear back from different places, but uh, it's an exciting time. And so uh, to all the seniors who are listening to this, best of luck as we continue to go through this application cycle. So today I wanted to uh, start a kind of series heading into Christmas, talking a little bit about how to best be spending your Christmas break. Christmas break is an interesting part of the college application process and the college application cycle in that it is a very short period of time where you can do a couple things really, really well. And that really would be my advice. Don't go in thinking I've got these 15 billion things to do. Really focus more on I want to do a couple things and I want to do them well. And I usually frame this to a lot of my students as a really, really good way to start to plant the seeds for something that you are going to engage in more fully in the summer. And so, uh, and so for the next few weeks, I'm just going to be going through uh, some different things that I found useful uh, useful uses, I guess, of the winter break. And, uh, and so it's kind of, a, it'll be themed kind of around the 12 days of Christmas. And it'll be like the 12 activities of Christmas, just different things that I think I have found have been really impactful in the past and are a good, concise use of a good, concise time that, uh, that hopefully you all will find useful. So first of all, the first activity I wanted to really draw your attention to are is rather time sensitive, which is why I want to bring it up first because I don't want to wait until we're on like day 12, right? And then to tell you that this is something to maybe pay attention to. Uh, but uh, a lot of summer program applications are starting to open up now, especially the ones that are a lot more competitive. So uh, RSI, which is a research-based summer program, very, very competitive research-based summer program uh, hosted with MIT. Uh, opened up earlier this month, and it is a very involved, intensive application process. But it is also a program that if you are accepted into, more or less locks you into getting into one of the top universities in America. Like it is very prestigious. It is very, very well known by those in the know. So admissions officers, um, people working at universities, professors, right? And it is exclusive to juniors. Uh, however, it is a one of those programs where the name value automatically puts you on the next step to uh, something even higher. And the same is true for uh, the RISE program at Boston University. That one hasn't opened up yet, but will be opening up in December. Um, the RISE program is also a STEM-based research program. Uh, with a very, very high reputation for its rigor and its competitiveness in terms of getting in. And so getting gaining acceptance to a program like that 
uh, is also useful for your progress. And so there's nothing better than a set chunk of time where you're not doing a whole lot of else to really sit down and start planning out applications for the summer. And even if it's not those two programs, many of the summer programs, uh, many summer programs that are competitive and have an evaluation process are not going to be uh, are going to have their deadlines around February or March, which means that now is the time to really sit down, organize your life, take some time to reflect, really put together that resume to make sure that you are putting forth a competitive application, right? Because the competitive applications are going to need some time to evaluate your application. And so those deadlines are going to be generally earlier. January, February, and March. So now is a really good time to get on the ball, do some research, look into it, think about what you want to apply for, and think about what you're interested in doing, and then start to put those applications together for high school students, freshmen, sophomores, juniors. Now is also a really good time to start to practice the application process. Right? Many of these application processes are very involved. And so taking the opportunity to um, go through that application process can be really, really helpful um, and is a really good way to uh, gain some experience and uh, ahead of the big application, which is college. Okay, so that's the first one. Start looking into summer programs now because more and more, a lot of the most competitive programs are going to start to be start to accept applications and will start to fill up pretty quickly. The next uh, is something that has been a big trend um, and something that uh, I would encourage anyone to do is to pick a online course. Don't try to do 15 billion online courses. Pick one at most two online courses from edX, from Coursera, from uh, from Cadenz, uh, K-A-D-E-N-Z-E, if you're interested in the combination of STEM and art, so STEAM programs. Um, Cadenz is great um, if you're interested in that over that connection between the two. And there are any infinite number of other places to go to, but take an online, taking an online course in an area that you're thinking that you might be interested in will be a really, really good way to set you up to be really thinking about how you actually want to use your summer, right? So think of winter almost like preseason, right? You're prepping, you're you're practicing, you're figuring out where your strengths and weaknesses are, you're figuring out a little bit of what you might want to explore in greater depth when you have the time to do so. Christmas is a great time. Uh, Christmas break is a really great time to uh, pick a topic and just settle in and learn about it. Um, and so again, edX uh, is a great one. Of course, Sarah is a great one. And then Cadenz, if you are interested in something that is more a combination of, of STEM, uh, science, and art uh, as well. And try to take courses that will give some kind of accreditation, that will give some, some kind of diploma at the end. Um, those are usually preferable and can give you a little bit more to put on your resume as well. And you can take either courses that are just content focused, or if you really are thinking about securing an internship, take classes that are going to give you a skill set, right? Um, whether that be coding, Excel uh, is a really useful skill set to just know how to do uh, the Adobe suite. Any of these kind of software oriented programs or coding oriented uh, winter programs are great because as a high schooler, there's not a whole lot to be quite frank. There's not a whole lot that you are bringing to the table that as an employer, I can say like, that's going to be useful for my organization. If you are just coming as is, right. And in most cases, the time required to train you, to observe you, to make sure you don't mess up 
all of that handholding is a greater use on my resources than it would be to just straight up hire someone and pay them a little and actually pay them a little bit more someone who's a little bit more qualified and so as a high schooler you need to be thinking about well what's my value right i'm asking for this huge favor from an organization to let me spend some time in a field i'm probably not super familiar with doing something what do i bring to the table and if on your resume if on your application you can say okay i don't I might not know a lot, but I'm really good at Excel and spreadsheet management, which most people either really, really don't like or their talents and their time can be used better on other things that they are capable of, right? And so now you are giving value to a prospective employer, right? Or someone who's going to bring you on as an intern where here's some work that I know you can do because you are qualified to do it. And I can just put that, put it, put it that way and trust you with it. And that will lead to many good things down the road if you're able to perform on that level. So either pick a topic that you're interested in really studying and go after that for your winter course, or pick a skill that you want to develop, that you want to use and be able to bring to the table in your summer internships. Okay, and so if you're reaching out to, uh, if you're reaching out to professors to work in their labs, then start taking some pro, start taking a class in some of the uh, database uh, tools or the research software that they use. At the higher levels of chem biophysics, a lot of those programs are very specific to a particular field, right? And so studying those learning those if you want to go into architecture spend some time learning autocad if you want to go into stem spend some time learning matlab there are a lot of different very specific niche programs um, that winter is a really good time to start to expose yourself to and to gain some experience in so that you then have the qualifications to be a competitive intern uh, at uh, for the summer right so so those are two. Um, both of them are kind of do something now in the short amount of time that really sets the stage for you to have something interesting and engaging for the long period of time. Um, that is the summer. you want to reach your university admissions goals, we've got you covered. Our team of admissions experts will take you through the proper steps to give you a competitive edge and help tell your unique story to admissions officers. From building a strategic school list to identifying your X factor, we'll build a plan that's tailored to you and help you stand out from the competition. If you'd like to talk to us, don't hesitate to reach out. We provide free consultations for high school students anywhere around the world. Email us at college at tokyoacademics.com. That's college at tokyoacademics.com. And then the last one for today, um, we'll do kind of three a week, uh, is read. Um, and I cannot stress this enough. Put everything down, pick up a book, literally drop everything and read. Uh, I... Uh, I know that standardized tests are kind of a little bit on the way out, but they're never going to be gone. And what I have found in my 15 years of doing this is that students who have a habit of reading can walk in and ace the SAT with very little preparation. And that's just reality, right? Is that the, we can teach you all the tricks and the strategies and all these other test prep tools and we can do all the drilling and everything like that. But if you are just 
in the habit of reading challenging material 30 to 45 minutes a day, you're going to set yourself up self up very 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 well for anything that a standardized test can throw at you okay so a couple books that i've been reading lately um that i think would be fascinating for students to read um i'm just going to list them here i think that the um both pop psychology and pop philosophy are uh interesting things to engage in just because they challenge you to think a little bit more about the world around you and in terms of getting you prepared for interviewing in terms of preparing you to talk with adults and have opinions about what is going on in the world uh, and frameworks for looking into them. Pop philosophy, pop psychology, pop economics, all of these can be very, very useful. So obviously books like Freakonomics are good places to start. Um, But a couple books that I've been reading lately, uh, The Tyranny of Merit, Uh, by Michael Sandel. Uh, You may know him from the book Justice. Um, He is a uh, Harvard Law professor, very, very well known for his justice course. Uh, But he has just produced, uh, he has just published a book called The Tyranny of Merit. It is fantastic um, and wrestles with a lot of the challenges that we are dealing with in society today in terms of meritocracy, in terms of the common good, in terms of um, who deserves to get what. Um, It is a fascinating conversation Um, and a very, very good and very challenging book to read. Um, The next is An Oldie But a Goodie, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow by David Kahneman, is a fantastic uh, way to challenge and identify perhaps how you think and how you operate and how you are making decisions. So much of the next few years of your high school life are going to be around your decision-making process. And so um, thinking fast and slow is a good way to really delve into the the range of different types of thinking that are available. And they also have a lot of fun little thinking exercises uh, that you can delve into. Um, In the realm of fiction, um, I have been reading The Power by Naomi Alderman. Uh, This is a uh, kind of twist on the dystopian tale and so uh, uh, kind of what has happened is that all of a sudden overnight um, all of the women of the world have been given power to control electricity in a lot of different ways and that completely shifts overnight completely shifts the gender dynamic of society and so uh, the power is the the power of electricity and to conduct it and control that naturally but it also is a broader question of what do people do when they get power um, whether it is people, a group of people who traditionally have not had as much power um, or people who have power but now don't have it anymore. How do we as a society wrestle with shifts in power dynamics? And so it is a fascinating fictional tale of, uh, you know, it's dystopian, of course, but dystopian type novels always have the, especially recently, um, it seemed far more closer to nonfiction than fiction um, and, uh, and is a really good, novel to challenge a uh to challenge you as students to think a little bit more about how your relationship with power and how you would respond if you were given something that basically made you um that put you in a position of that and what does it mean to use that responsibly all right um what if by randall uh, monroe uh, is a fun super fun uh quirky little book that really is just about 
let me take any absurd question that you might have and let me give you a scientific explanation for it. And I love giving this book to students to read because it challenges them to think a little bit more divergently, to not worry so much about asking a question that is like a, a quote unquote dumb question or a question that would be like quote unquote unacceptable and to recognize that there is no dumb question, especially when some of those dumb questions can lead to really, really cool science experiments. So What If is a um, is just a book where Randall Monroe takes uh, dumb, crazy, absurd questions that says, well, what if we actually try to answer it, right? And so in some ways, it's a little bit like Mythbusters. In some ways, um, it is a uh, really nerdy delve into science and learning. Uh, but What If by Randall Munro uh, is a highly recommended book where you can just, again, you don't have to read it all at once the way that it is designed. It's just a series of questions. And so you just can just sit down, read through one question, read how he ends up solving it, close the book, put it down, come back to it. Um, uh, but something that will get your mind thinking a little bit. And then lastly, um, Quiet uh, by Susan Cain. Um, I am a little bit of an introvert myself, and so I love reading books that really speak to uh, the power of silence, the power of observation, the power of really taking care of yourself and being and identifying where you get energy as an introvert and how your introvertedness can contribute to greater society and so um, i really do like this book as a um, way to really push students to think that there are many different ways to lead there are many different ways to be strong there are many different ways to demonstrate your strength and it is not always the the loud front of the class raise their hand for every question student that is going to be the most the best fit for a team the best fit for a company the best fit for a college and so how can you view your uh shyness your quietness your introvertedness not as a man i really need to get better about speaking up in public speaking those things may be true but your introvertedness also gives you great strength and quiet is a very good examination of that um, it is filled with anecdotes it is also filled with um just and kind of guidelines and ways to think about how to cultivate um, what makes you very, very strong. And so um, these five books are just some books that I have been reading lately. Um, I think that, and you know, I think a lot of college admissions officers even are going to be, are impressed now when students can kind of rattle off, here's three or four books that I'm dabbling in, here's three or four books that I've been reading lately that I found really interesting. Um, it is not a lost art. Um, it is not a lost habit. Um, and when you go into university now, you are still going to be reading as much as the rest of your life revolves around um, kind of short, short, quick bits of information. Success at college is still going to come down to do you have the stamina and the interest to sit down with multiple pages of very, very tiny text and find that enjoyable, engrossing. And did you and building up that stamina, building up that skill set, not just for the SAT or ACT, not just for the TOEFL, but just in general, your ability to process information through the format of reading and the stamina 
uh, and the the kind of skills that come with learning how to read faster, learning how to skim, learning how to process information uh, quickly. All of those things are muscles that are built over time. And so uh, you don't have to read these books, but you do have to read uh, this Christmas break. So find something that is of your interest. There are literally books about everything. Um, so find books that you're interested in. Try to make sure that these books are two, um, you know, one to two grades above your your above your, your reading level right make sure that they are challenging so that you you know sit with your phone dictionary open and look up words if you need to right but please do take the time to open up crack open a good book um i think that there is uh no honestly no better use of time uh in terms of the value that is going to bring to your preparation for the rest of high school and for college than to develop your habit of reading okay so three things just for today get started on those summer application deadlines take a course that is going to equip you either in terms of stimulating your interest or giving you a skill set that makes you more viable candidate for internships for the summer and then read 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 all right that's it for today. I realized I was like, I'm just going to talk about three things today. And now it's 20 minutes. So um, know that I am very passionate about how students use their free time and how intentional you are about using your free time. So here are a couple of tips. Um, next week, we'll cover, cover a few more. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. And uh, remember, the key to getting in is getting ready. <laughs>